0: Welcome back to Contractor Evolution. Uh, Benji here at the studio. Igor is going to join me in just a second. As we say all the time on this podcast, business is a game you have to play for the long run. One situation you are inevitably going to face at some point or many points is an economic downturn, a recession, meltdown, whatever you or the media want to call it. You get what I'm saying though, business isn't just about winning when the times are good and everyone is fat and happy. You also need to know how to play this game when things aren't so flush. Now, I want to be clear, we are not economists. We don't have a crystal ball. We're not in any way trying to guess what the market is going to do, but we do try to stay current and provide value to our listeners. And lately, this conversation around the market, what's ahead and what to do, it seems to be coming up a lot with our contractors. We're hearing questions about This insane and seemingly never-ending money-printing party. Uh, The debt loads of nations, businesses, and individual households. People are worried about the dilution of currencies, the rate of inflation, and then the more recent rise in interest rates to try to combat it. Well, we'll be the first to tell you we have no idea what's going to happen. I think we can all agree like there's a lot of flags on the field right now, a lot of scary headlines, and that's making people nervous fair enough. So today's episode, Igor and I are going to go over the four things every contractor can do to prepare for a shift in the market and hopefully put your mind at ease in the meantime. So let's dive in.
1: You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level.
0: If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work
1: less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school. And welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Okay, so Igor, today we're gonna talk a little
0: bit about prepping for a downturn. And it's like, you know, we we don't have a crystal ball. We're definitely not saying that this is for sure happening in the next little bit, in the next six months, but um, if you're going to be in business for the long haul, which I think a lot of our listeners are planning to be, this is something you're going to have to confront and navigate at some point. And we've got four kind of big things we want to flush out today. But before we dive into those, like any just opening remarks on this?
1: Yeah. So we're no economists, right? But we know that these cycles inevitably happen, right? We can't say whether definitively this is this is something that's going to shift in the next like five months or five years, but it'll probably be somewhere within there. The thing I just, I want to start off with is this perspective of like, this isn't inherently bad. I think there's like a natural fear of it or people say like good economy or bad economy right. or whatever. It's just, it's a natural cycle. It's not good or bad. And there are Positive things about both, there are negative things about both. But like just from a from a a mentality perspective, what I think is really unhealthy to, is to have like fear or real like negative emotions around this because it's just all it means is you need to manage and navigate differently, yeah. right? And and yeah, things might be tighter I think is a, is a right word and you might need to be tighter in the way that you lead and manage but you don't want to look at this as like inherently a bad or negative thing thinking for
0: about it categorically in that way is 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 um while maybe satisfying and like it, it simplifies it it's actually not that helpful to you as a business owner it's like you said it's a changing landscape and you as an entrepreneur need to change with it yeah so um, what what are these four things we we're going to get into? Maybe lead this off with one.
1: Yeah, so I want to unpack kind of like four core things that that are that are really front of mind. The first one is is even like early on now, something that is really helpful to be mindful of is to be able to delineate your business into two different sides of the coin in terms of your people and all of the spending you do and all the initiatives that you have going on. Which is what are true blue. Revenue drivers and what are all the things that are really great to do but are not fundamental revenue drivers, right? Do you know what I mean by that?
0: I know exactly what you mean right. by that There's like stuff that absolutely pays the bills there's and then there's stuff that is like really really good to work on and mm-hmm. you should but you <laughs> Maybe don't yeah. have the time or money to do that in a, in a downturn
1: Yeah, and we talk a lot about a lot of them on the show we which do. Is, Because inherently these are the things that, that are going to cr- create real long-term success in business But if we really boil it down there are certain things, and just think about it right now, right? As you're watching this or as you're driving, think about the things in your business that drive sales and production. That's it. Right. What gets leads in the door? What converts these estimates into booked jobs? And what drives profitable production? Right. There's a hell of a lot of stuff you probably do that doesn't fit within that zone.
0: There'd be a long list.
1: Yeah. And then and then within production, there's also stuff that is a lot more profitable than others, even though it might not be, you might have stuff that you like to do that's outside of that or that's good for the brand or good for long-term growth or testing or whatever it is. But, um, you know, right now, like when I think of, of of our organization right now, like I know pretty quickly, if I, if, if, I, if I dive mentally into this, is like what drives revenue right now? Right. And what are all the nice to do's? I could probably, you know, saying this to you earlier, like I could pretty quickly trim, like in our case, 1.8, 1.9 million bucks like this right? without any kind of big issue to the business. Yeah. And, right and
0: you know, like the, the scale of your business is going to change that mm-hmm. absolute number. But what you're saying is that there are things to not do in these times. Um, and I think of like, you know, I guess the examples that pop into my mind, is like if you're, you know, going through a a rebrand, you're making your logo, pop more, you're making your website sexier, you're working with a brand consultant, you're doing all this really cool stuff, which we would encourage when things are flush, like you know that's not as important as like direct like getting direct response leads in the door setting totally. those up into estimates converting those into sales so that you have a full pipeline and you can keep your people employed yeah. um you know there be there be other examples you can come up with as well
1: yeah 100% it's 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 all this stuff that really creates improvement in the business versus what drives profit profitability today that's the difference and the reason i say that it's good to think about this and to be aware of it i find that at least for me it really puts my mind at ease a lot of like if needed i know that i can trim by a pretty significant margin and still keep keep the business rolling though at a minimum level what's your bread and butter totally yeah and and that that definitely helps in 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 just really understanding what some of your moves might be from here forward, right? So reflecting on these, writing a list before any kind of fear or panic sets in and and, ha- and understanding what's on one side of the coin versus the other is just a very healthy thing, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to, to putting your mind at ease of like, what are these moves that, that that I would make if I needed to?
0: Okay, so clarity on true revenue drivers versus mm-hmm. non-revenue drivers. Yeah. What's the second point?
1: So I'd actually, but, but sorry, just one quick thing before we get to the second point. One, I, I think that this is understood, but if needed, I may just want to be, I may want to outline this. Um, in a, even what we would call like a recession, it is not at all the case that people are not spending money, right? Like I was running a painting company with a whole bunch of employees in 2008 and I was in 2009. And mm-hmm. I remember very clearly this like October, November, 2008 time. In 2009, I grew that business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that people weren't painting houses and buildings whatsoever. They were just at a lesser scale. So absolutely everything does go on, no matter how bad things get. Um, it just looks a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's, it's,
0: it's not It's not like the hose turns off entirely. And yeah. The entire economy shuts down. It's just operating at a lesser degree yeah. and, and you need to adapt to that. Yeah.
1: Good. Okay. Second piece of advice. So here's uh, a pretty clear action item that I, that, that if this kind of scenario is on your mind, uh, here's a really good exercise. Um, two business plans, two budgets. Mm -hmm. Okay. So ideally, uh, you have a business plan for this year, right? And ideally you have a budget for this year. What you can do though, is you can look at a secondary one where you've got a plan B, both in the business plan and in the budget. So tactically speaking, what changes in the event that certain economic, economic scenarios shift, right?
0: A lot changes.
1: Yeah. So um, when you think about the business plan, some of the real fundamentals like lead flow, what happens if lead flow drops off by 50%? Okay? Right. What happens if your closing ratios on estimates... If your cre- if your closing ratio goes from sixty percent to thirty five percent, what does that look like? Yeah, your in average job, job s- size drops by five grand. Size. Your yeah,
0: cancellation go- rate goes up. Mm-hmm. Like there's all these there are all these variables where you could see potentially pretty dramatic swings in.
1: But the nice thing is is you can model all of this, right? Yeah. If if I'm saying I'm planning typically to get eleven hundred leads, what does that look like if it's six hundred and fifty or seven hundred, right? What if our closing ratio off estimates to book jobs is going from sixty percent to thirty right. five? How many jobs are you going to book, right? What happens if your average job size drops from forty five hundred bucks to three thousand? What does this look like for like a year end revenue perspective? And you can map that out pretty accurately, and then from there, um, that's what that, that's what I mean by by two business plans. And then from there, we can look at at a secondary budget, which now you implant that revenue into the new Plan B budget, and then within your costs, you say. What can be trimmed, mm-hmm. right? And chances are you're going to be able to find a lot if you really come to terms with like how do you run your business in a in a in a most basic level. There's all typically a lot of stuff that can be trimmed down. There's, where um, you keep it rolling.
0: Yeah, I heard one of our members at Winter Summit. His name's Mason Marquis. Shout out Mason. Um, he got. I remember he got asked this question on an expert panel, and he. He had a lot of great thoughts on it, but one of them was like, I'm very, very clear on who my skeleton crew Mm -hmm. is. Right. And that's sort of like, it's, I don't know, scary language, or it sounds a bit harsh, but it's like, it's true. Like he does know like the players on the team that are absolutely essential versus everyone that he wants to have and would have were things different. But like, these are the project managers, the, the, the crew members need my office manager, you know, maybe this other person, salesperson for sure, all this extra stuff. You know can't have it and he he's gotten like he's gotten clear on that and that's what we're saying here is like get clear on that before you need to
1: enact that plan so here's just some some important context setting on this front right this whole thing is a game of getting to the other side as i like to call it right so this isn't like a time to be improving in the business it isn't a time to be having high margins to be making a bunch of money and investing this is like how do you get to the other side uh, as conservatively as possible, right, right, and and in that there is so much stuff that doesn't need to be done, mm-hmm. right. You're you're not you're not looking for big improvements here. Um, there, there's people even on the list you said, man. I would say like there there's roles like how much is this officer office manager needed versus how much can people. You know, pull up their sleeves and get a bunch of that stuff done themselves. Yeah do you do you need to be driving a platinum F three fifty diesel around or will a Prius do for you or for the sales guys? Do you need that big fancy office and warehouse, or can certain roles work from home? And the business move into a smaller warehouse, whatever it is. It's like how much of this stuff. Like, what do you need to be happy to have a good time running your business, to have a good time with crews, a case of beer in a parking lot after work isn't that expensive there's there's ways to have fun to have a good time and to run the business at a baseline level and to be able to last into the long
0: haul yeah it's not like like all you're saying man is like it's it's not about expansion it's not about growth it's not about innovation it is about survival Mm -hmm. and it's like when you get to the other side of of whatever you want to call this the meltdown the chasm there is going to be you know huge opportunity. There's going to be huge market share available for you to capitalize. And then you can get back into the swing of things like you were before, but this, this time, you know, and, and we're encouraging you not to look at it as good or bad, just different. But this time, however you want to call it, is about survival fundamentally and
1: not much else. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. But there's one important addition. You talk about the chasm. Here's the thing. You don't know how wide that chasm is. Right. That, that's the fundamental principle. You can't see it. You're not you know, like oh, there it is, there. Right, like, yeah. and 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 you know, I want to talk a bit about cash reserves and stuff in a second, but you don't know how long you need to last for, right? So to play the conservative game and to go right down to weed the garden, so to speak, mm-hmm. go right down to the to, to the basics where you can. You don't know if it's going to last a year, two years, five, five years, seven. But if you're prepared to last seven and it goes for three, you're golden. If it goes for five, you're golden. If it goes for six, you know you don't know how wide that chasm is, and that's the thing. So what you, what you find is a lot of the really good leaders and executives, they will go pretty extreme on the trimming of very quickly. Why? Because they understand the fact that they don't know mm-hmm. how wide that chasm is mm-hmm. going to be. Mm-hmm. And they're right away prepared to last for the long haul if needed mm-hmm. in that. And what they know is that the rest of the competition is going to fall off one after the other, After the other, after the other.
0: Right. Can I just ask you something though? About like, so let's just look at the last two years. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but like, you look at like COVID, there were a bunch of companies that maybe did this to too much of an extreme, Mm -hmm. like, they kind of cleared house like they fired like 70% of their staff mm-hmm. I'm not gonna name them, but I you know we know people in the industry sort of this huge like get rid of everyone it's a total meltdown and then three months later they were like they were like really regretting that they had done that because things were back to normal relatively quickly like what how, what's the balance here
1: so let's just get clear what what constitutes like we, we're throwing around some big terms right like meltdown a recession um, these are pretty serious terms right like we're nowhere near that right now we were never near that in covid it's just you will, you got to be clear on the economic indicators and exactly what's what's going on mm-hmm. in the economy right like right now we we're, we're not close to that by any means but there are certain indicators that are worth, I would say, keeping an eye on. Sure. Which is why I think that this conversation is relevant and why it's important to keep some of this stuff in mind and to be running two budgets and to understand what, you know, what is pure revenue driving versus what isn't and and some of this other stuff that we'll get into. But you want to know, like, what what is truly, like, a massive, massive concern versus, like, a stock market panic. Right. Right. We're not talking about a stock market panic here. We're talking about, like, economic fundamentals. Yeah going down through the floor, right. right? right. We're talking about like extreme inflation, extreme yes, inflation. Right. We're talking about massive devaluations of currencies. We're talking about huge interest rate increases, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like if the interest rate goes to 13% mm-hmm. and inflation is through the roof mm-hmm. and we're seeing devaluation of, of Western currencies all over the world, Yeah, like, that's not going to blow over. I guarantee you that that's not going to change in a year. Right, right. Right. With COVID, there was, there was, it was perception of what the forward world is going to look like, but fundamentally in that time, not a lot had changed. Yeah, yeah, totally. Things were intact, right? But, but if we see some of these things that we were just talking about, um, that's not something that's going to blow over. Yeah, like
0: COVID I, did. The, 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 you're, you're you're saying like like no like know the difference between those you need two to, things. You need to yeah. know the
1: difference between like mass scale like human panic and economic fundamentals that are falling to the through bottom the floor. is dropping out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. What's uh what's the third thing that you you'd have a smart entrepreneur really be aware of?
1: Yeah. So th- we talk a bit about like. A skeleton crew, if you will, or I would say, like kind of trimming the fat, weeding the garden, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But this this distinction between like what is truly revenue driving, what is versus what isn't. Um, one thing that business owners sometimes miss is that you cannot just get rid of a bunch of your people mm. quickly. Yeah, and yeah there's the, rules and, around and this, and without a cost, there's rules around this, right? Yep. And 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 the two countries, Canada and the U.S., are both different. Every state and every province is a bit different, but you should be at least aware of in your state or province, what are some of the rules for, for this, right? Uh, When you look at the current structure of your team, like their age, their tenure, uh, salaries, um, the actual positions and roles that they're in, what's right now, if you had to trim X number of people, how much would that cost you? In severance. Where
0: where would someone find that information out?
1: Uh, You'd want to talk to your general legal counsel, like your general lawyer, or more ideally an employment lawyer within the firm. And you can show them the structure of your team. So here's who we have their salaries, their roles, how long they've been with us, and get a pretty accurate assessment pretty quickly of what it would cost to actually trim this team if I needed mm, to. Mm-hmm. Because it, it might not be as simple as you think. So again, if you're going to form a plan B budget, if you're going to form a plan B business plan, just to put your mind at ease. right? If you're going to be thinking through what do I need... Purely just to drive revenue at a basic level versus not, this is also a consideration. There's some
0: financial implications downstream of these decisions like this where it's like, hey, there's there's, there's a
1: cost to trim. Correct, yeah. Yeah, there's a cost to trim. People don't often think about it. And if you're going to look at like bare bones of what do I need to drive sales and to, to drive production, there's also going to be a cost to 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 jettison some of these people.
0: So but it's 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 different depending on your jurisdiction and where you live. So we really can't say broadly speaking this yeah. is what it costs. You need to look this up for yourself, but do know in dollars what it's gonna cost to get rid of, you know, let's say supplementary people yeah. and really keep like the revenue driving yeah. Situation critical yeah. people on your team. Yeah,
1: if there's these ten people that I'm going to need to exit in that situation, I'm going to need to exit out of this set of leases, I'm going to of, of vehicles, an office, and whatever. What's going to be the cost of doing this? That kind of forms a part of your plan B business plan. Again, guys, this, none of this is in panic. This is just smart entrepreneurs understand. What are we doing when we roll a status quo? But they're also mindful of like, what is this going to look like under a plan B scenario? How am I going to be able to survive three years, five years, ten years as all the other competitors fall off so that I can make it to the other side into that extremely prosperous world? It's a really good point. Just
0: because you plan this stuff or you think it through or you kind of write a document on it doesn't mean that you will have to enact 100% of it. Not at all. It's good to be prepared and it puts your mind at ease over the short term. And I think that's that's what we're saying more than like, go do this stuff immediately if it happens. It's much more of a thought exercise and a prep thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- this is like fundamentals in, in everything and in like sports and military and business and, and, and yeah. everything. Like wait, when you're prepared and when you're thinking clearly, you're going to make way better decisions than what you will like at the time of under time pressure and yeah, panic. Yeah, yeah. Right. So what's, so, what's, what's the fourth and, and final thing you wanted to cover? The fourth principle to keep in mind right now and especially when money is flowing is that cash is king right? Uh, there are way too many business owners, especially in our industry, that spend too much time redlining in their business. Like right. like cash is spent, whether it's like personally or through riskier investments or right back into the company. Um, my question is, is like, how large are your reserves? And how large your reserves are is going to dictate how long you're going to be able to last. Again, super important context setting. Very, very, very few, of these shifts and downturns as we might call them last for like 15 years. When you just look at history, that is extraordinarily rare, yeah. right? It's just simply a chasm. you got to get from one side to the other. That's it. Don't put too much emotion into it. Don't freak out about it. There's just a chasm. you got to get from one side to another as safely as possible. Right. Right. So the question is, is like, you know, what do you have in terms of cash reserves and access to cash? And that'll include cold, hard cash. It'll include in um, investments that are, one low risk and also very accessible like within a very short period of time to cash and then what are like low reasonable or low let's just say reasonable interest uh lines of credit that you have access to so it's just like as as things shift you want to say like how much liquidity could i have access to as quickly as possible because again that's going to dictate so if i need to if in my plan b budget i am uh, I'm going to be able to set it up where I run a $200,000 loss. Mm-hmm. Like I take a very minimal salary, whatever I need to, to run my, you know, keep my family going. Um, and with that, and with the cost structures I have in place, I've cut everything. I can keep going worst case scenario, right? This is like leads fall by by, by half uh, closing ratios going from 60 to 35. Average job size dropped from 4,500 to 3000. I'm just making numbers up, but right? you model that whole business plan. You say this is the amount of revenue that would be left on an annual basis, with the cancellations and everything, you trim a bunch of the costs, uh, and you're like, "Hey, I know that I can run this business at a two hundred thousand dollar year loss." Right. And if you've got, you know, a hundred grand, that's six months. You've got six, six yeah. months of that chasm, right? So we've got the chasm. You're 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 six Halfway. months into there, yeah. or potentially not way less. even, yeah, potentially right? way less. Um, if you've got a million dollars, you've got five years. Right. Right. You've got $2 million. You can do that for 10 years. Yeah. Just keep it rolling. Let all the competition, that's that's awesome, by the way. Just let all the competition die off. One after the other, after the other, after the other. You get to the other side and what do you have on the other side? You have a huge opportunity. In right? Insane yeah. opportunity, right? They say like, like the richest of the rich have have generated their wealth in that time coming out of downturns yeah. because the economy starts roaring um, and, uh, and most of the competitors have died off.
0: And you're at the beginning of a curve. Yeah. And you're
1: at the beginning of the curve with very little competition. Right. So, um, that that's the key, right? Liz is, is like, you find like you gotta, you gotta really, it's just like how personally people say this, right? Like live below your means, mm-hmm. right? Spend a fraction of your income. It's the same thing in, in, in business practices, right? Like if you can run a good profitable business and store cash away, mm-hmm. uh, keep access to it, you're not, you're not burning the candle full bore all the time. Right. So it's, it's a conservative nature to business. Those are the people that last these cycles, cycle after cycle, after cycle. So,
0: some, someone li- might be listening. It's going like, yeah, like obviously I know that, that, you know, I learned that in economics 101. like that's a textbook answer. Of course I'd like more cash. And of course I'd love to have these fat reserves to get through a, you know, uh, g- get across the chasm with, um, but like, let's be realistic. Like, like, you know, you know, I need to invest in things. My payroll's this much. Like I'm I'm growing right now. Like is there a reasonable sort of benchmark, a number, a percentage of revenue, like a way to like think about what what your goal should be if you're trying to put away cash reserves in preparation for something like this?
1: Yeah, like cash structure wise, every business is quite a bit different. Like a really good example is like AR. You'd have some businesses run on on a lot of typical yeah. AR. Let's oh, just yeah. say you do like a lot of insurance work. You will need a lot more cash around than somebody else, right? right? Um, but if you've got very low AR and, and AR cycles, you might want as a baseline about 10% of annual revenue sitting as very easily accessible cash, right? As hard cash or, as, or as, cash as,
0: plus LOC and like other stuff?
1: As as actual cash or cash equivalents right. that you can convert to cash very quickly, okay. right? Plus you load up as much LOC as you possibly can. Right. Uh, if you have long AR terms and you typically have a lot of AR sitting sitting on the books, that number is obviously going to have to go up because like you don't have access to, to the cash coming in like right after you invoice. Right. So that, th- those are those are some things to keep in mind. But the principle is the people that are going to last and the companies that are going to last through these cycles are the ones that are conservative with their cash and their cash planning. Right. Um, and not the ones that are like spending every dollar, whether yeah. it's in the business, investments, personal, whatever. Cool. Right. So anyway, those are four things to to keep in mind. Again, nothing changes today. Things are th- things are full throttle. The housing market's full board. Interest rates are still extraordinarily low. But if you if, if this is something on your mind and if you want to put your your mind at ease, yeah. these are four very practical things that you can enact right away. Start to think through, spend a day in Excel, mapping some of these things, be putting some thought into it. Uh, it'll go a long way. I think at, at, at one, putting your mind at ease and two, just in giving case you need a it. really good plan yeah. when you're actually thinking clearly right now. So anyway, that's that. A couple closing thoughts I just, I just want to put out there. Mm-hmm. Again, this mental game, Right. Like this is not a good or bad thing. If you're gonna be in business for a long time, like decades to come, you are gonna you are by definition gonna go through a bunch of these. I can right. promise you this. I can guarantee you. Yeah. Right. So you gotta get 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 good at all these different types of markets. It's just it's just a different strategy, it's a different game. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna die if you're not driving a nice F three fifty platform. Drive a Prius around for a few years, you'll be all right. Priuses so
0: aren't even that cheap anymore, man. You gotta pick a different car. <laughs> Like a Chrysler Neon, (laughs) 2007.
1: Yeah, totally. So anyway, great players, like just like in sports, right? They're not only good at offense, they can play defense just as well when they need to, right? And long-term, think about it. Like, yes, like public perception of what has value, the housing market will crash, stock markets will crash. But at the end of the day, assets have asset value. And when you get to the other side, they're still there, Mm -hmm. right? Stocks can tank, or, or the housing market can tank, but a good building that brings cash flow in is a good building that brings cash flow in. It will come back to value. When you look at the stock of like CN Rail or a railroad company, they own rail cars, they own the railroad, they have a management team. Yeah, their stock might go to like a quarter of what it is today, but it will Railroad come back. Still there. Yeah. The railroad's still there. Yeah. It's, it's, those rail cars aren't gonna yeah. disappear, right? I see what you're saying. So just you gotta keep the cool head and maintain the bigger perspective, right? These shifts happen all the time. Like just just look at a historical curve of the S&P, right? It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. It's just a part of life and a part of business and a part of human nature. So it's all good. Cool. Awesome. So that's uh that's that uh, big picture. Be conservative, be humble do not burn the candle um, all the time and um, and, and you're going to be in it for the long haul. And that's, that's how winners are built over decades. Thanks, man.
0: Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, if you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.